0: Well, good morning, good morning. How are you this morning, church? Are you feeling good? It is so good to be in church and to see all those babies dedicated. Isn't that fantastic? Just a big congratulations to all the families. And we do want to give a special welcome to those who are here specifically for the baby dedications that maybe you don't normally come to our church, but you came because your family was here. Isn't that a wonderful thing, family? Let me tell you, family is a very unique thing. How many of you have noticed that in your own family? Every family is just a little bit different. Every family has just just its own idiosyncrasies, its own little weirdnesses, its own little, you know, habits or quirks in every single family. And because you grow up in your own family, you don't often notice it. Until later on in life. You know, as I was growing up in my family, I actually thought I had... I had the perfect family. I actually thought that I was part of the Brady Bunch. Then, as I got a little bit older, started to interact with different families, got married, started a family of my own, started to connect with people a bit more, I found out my family was a bit closer to the Adams family <laughs> than the Brady Bunch. Don't get me wrong, it was always going to be a weird family. I mean, I'm the youngest of four boys, which is always going to be a madhouse. My mum had to be tough as nails, like she was strong. And I do me mean physically strong. She was a slight woman with a wiry frame. But she was just tough as nails. So many different things happened in my family. I remember, I remember my brother, my, uh, Michael, my brother getting tied to the clothesline with a hose because mum didn't want him to go out. <laughs> I remember walking in at 2am and I was supposed to call at 12 if I was going to be later than t- I was just about to get engaged. I was, just, I was engaged. I was just about to get married. And I walked into the home at 2am, not having called at 12, I forgot, and as my eyes adjust to the light in the hallway, I see this silhouette of this crazy-haired woman with a rolling pin in her hand. <laughs> mum, put the rolling pin down, mum, I say as I back towards the door. All well, the time my mum cut the tyres the on my brother's bike so that he wouldn't go out riding with his mates. Every family has its own unique weirdnesses. And I know you would all have stories of crazy things that have happened in your family as well. But for me, the flip side of that, aside from all the craziness, is that we were a family that always looked out for each other. We always had each other's back. You know, we may have been that woggy family that... that. Everybody thought we were Italian. I'm Maltese by background and back then nobody knew the difference between Maltese and Italian and whatever. But we were that that woggy family that was in the middle of the street that, you know, as brothers we would fight and we would argue and sometimes that spilled out into the front yard or the backyard or down the street and to the park and we'd be chasing each other and, and I remember one time my brother chasing my other brother and, and he just ended up slamming into a fence and then running to get away from him and it was a mess. We may have been that kind of family but let me tell you if anybody ever came against one of the brothers we would all turn and they would have to face the fury of all four of us. Hey, beneath this wiry frame let me tell you right now is another wiry frame. But, but that's just how it worked. I could call my brother a nut job. I could fight against him. I could have a go at him. But don't you have a shot at him because he's my brother and we're family and we defend each other. We look out for each other. We take care of each other. That's just the way I grew up. That's what family looked like to me. Family, you look after each other. In the middle of all this, at the age of 13, I gave my life to Jesus. At 13 years old, I became a Christian. I, I discovered who God was and how much he loved me. And I, I, I came and said, yeah, God, I want to I wanna be in relationship with you. So I gave my life to Jesus at 13 and, and became a follower of Jesus. And at that time, I, was, I started to read the Bible because, you know, that's what I thought would be a good thing to do as a follower of Jesus. So I started to read the Bible and I read this one particular passage in Mark chapter 3 that threw me. Coming from such a strong family ethic and, and that sense of, you know, we are family and what, how important that is. I read this passage in Mark chapter 3 and saw this interaction between Jesus and his family. And it just made me wonder, I don't get where God is coming from with this. I don't understand what this means exactly. I'm going to read it to you this morning. If you've got your Bible, you might want to turn to it. Mark chapter 3, starting at verse 31. Jesus is sitting in a house and he's teaching a whole bunch of people. And we pick up the story in verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. You might clap because you understand that scripture, but at 13 years old, I had no idea what that meant. And at 13, I'm trying to reconcile that with my family and what that looks like. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, what on earth are you talking about? Because if you read that passage at its face, it looks like Jesus is being quite harsh with his family. It looks like he's having a go, in, a, a go at them. Like, who's my brother and my brothers? I don't even like, I disown them. Don't even know who they are. Either that or he's got amnesia. Like it's just, what's Jesus doing at this point? But as the years went on, I spent more time looking at Jesus' interactions with his family and I'm convinced that was not Jesus' heart. I'm convinced Jesus was not dissing his brothers, his sisters, his mother. It wasn't an attack on his family and it wasn't that Jesus didn't care about them. Because we see later as Jesus is about to die, He's hanging on a cross, blood coming from open wombs, uh, 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 his his bones beginning to dislocate as he hangs on a Roman cross. And at that particular point in time, when he could be very, very focused on the pain that he is in. Come on, how many of you have got a cut finger? It's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And then your wife says to you, grow up. No, no, it was a paper cut, it really hurts. He could easily be very, very focused on the pain that he is in. He could be focused on, uh, maybe on the weight of the sin of the world that he is about to bear upon his own shoulders. Your sin and mine, that we, wouldn't, we would be able to be in a relationship with God. We wouldn't have to bear our own sin anymore. He could have been focused on that. It wasn't that long after he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew. That as he comes to this point in his life, he's about to die and God is going to turn his face from him because God can't bear to look upon the sin that he has become for you and me. He could have been focused on that. There are a whole plethora of things he could have been focused on. And yet at that particular point in time, when he could have been preoccupied with so many different things, he takes time to ensure that his mum is well taken care of by one of the disciples. He takes time in the middle of all that pain and agony. He turns to John, he says, hey, treat her like your mother now. I'm holding you responsible for her. And then he turns to his mother and he says, he's the son you never wanted. But he'll be able to take care of you like I just can't do anymore. In his final minutes, he takes care of his mum. He's looking out for his family. When Jesus said, who is my family, he was not diminishing family. He was not denigrating family. He was not saying family is unimportant. In fact, quite the opposite. Instead of that, what he was saying is he was elevating church family to a place that we would normally associate with our biological family. Oh, man, that's convicting. Did you hear that? Jesus was elevating this group of people, your church family, to the place that we would normally associate with our biological family. Man, I find that convicting. Is anybody else? Because there are times that I've got to be honest, I I don't treat you like my family. And look, sometimes that's a good thing. (laughs) We lose patience with our family quicker. I'm far more patient with people at church than I am with my family sometimes. But sometimes it's not a good thing. He was saying, just like your family is important. And can I say, this is a precept that is echoed throughout the Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the Gospels with Jesus. It's in the writings of Paul and the apostles. Family is important. But he's saying as important as family is, well, just as important are the people that are your spiritual family, your church family. When I became a follower of Jesus, I read that we, the church, are the family of God. When that happened, I just kind of figured to myself, well, that means the same thing that it means in my family. You might argue, you might disagree sometimes. Anybody ever done that in their family? Ever had an argument with a brother, a sister, a wife, a husband, a a, a child, a parent? You might argue, you might disagree. And I'll guarantee you, my brothers were definitely a pain in the butt sometimes. Absolutely the case. I, on the other hand, was the perfect child, being the youngest. But in the midst of all that, you still look out for each other. Even if you don't agree all the time, even if you do see things differently, you still still look out for each other. You care for one another. You're there for one another. Sure, the family might have a few crazies in it. Don't put your hand up. But every family has a few crazies in it. It's a bunch of crazies that look out for one another. Let me tell you why I love baby dedications. Because baby dedications reminds us that we are church family. Baby dedications reminds us that as church family, we are willing, in fact, more than that, we are responsible to look out for one another. And in a special way, in a unique way, we are responsible to look out for those that are most vulnerable in our church community. We're responsible to care for them, to be there for them, to look out for these little ones and do everything we can to give them the best impression of who the church is and by extension of who God is. See, kids think very different to adults. If you're walking through church and somebody doesn't wave at you, if you're living in church life and somebody says something that maybe isn't so nice or is a bit thoughtless or a bit insensitive, you look at that person and think, oh, that person's a bit of a jerk, aren't they? But you don't think God's a bit of a jerk. Because when you get a little bit older, you can differentiate between the two, right? Kids don't work that way. Kids don't work that way at all. For a kid, it's very difficult to differentiate between church and God. Kids just kind of lump the whole thing into one big heap. So if church is boring for these kids, well, they just think God is boring. That's, that's just how it works. I mean, I guess God is boring too. If church is filled with people that give them dirty looks and think that they should be seen and not heard, well, then they think God's not interested in hearing from me. God wouldn't want to hear from me. If every time a child cries, they get that look, that, Blue steel. If they get that look, then what happens is kids eventually feel like, I'm actually not wanted with God. Not just I'm not wanted here, I'm not wanted by God. Because kids put those things together. If church is relevant and exciting then to kids, God is relevant and exciting. That's why we run a kid's church because we want to make church something that they understand, that they get, that they realize God is there for them. They just get it that way. If church is a place they sense they belong, if church is a place they sense is home, then they will have that same sense of belonging and home to Jesus. They'll feel like Jesus is home for them. They'll feel like, I belong here. He wants me. He welcomes me. I'm important to him. I'm so thankful that as Caitlin was growing up, for those of you who don't know, we have a daughter. Um, Her name is Caitlin. She's now 23. But as she was growing up, I remember we moved from Adelaide to Toowoomba when she was 10 months old. And we were there until she was about six or seven years old. And as she was growing up, I'm so grateful in that period of time that we had a great church family at Spring Street Church in Toowoomba because we left all of our biological family. We left our, our, my mum my and my brothers and, and, and their families and Sarah's mum and dad and, and nana and her sister. And we were there alone, just us. But we became part of church family. They accepted us and, and brought us in. And so we, Caitlin had many grandparents and many mums and dads and brothers and sisters and cousins that accepted her, that, that treated her like she was their family. And the truth is, she was their family because we all have a common heavenly father. If you, if you call yourself a Christian, then, then your father is my father, our father in heaven. We are brothers and sisters, we're family. When I look at my daughter, sometimes she's a bit out there. Sometimes she's a little bit, you know, she's kind of creative and yet mathematical. You know, I know how you put those two together. together—a Creative accounting, maybe. I don't know. She's a little bit of a fruitcake, but she's a very well-adjusted fruitcake, can I say. A very well-adjusted one. She's one that loves God. She's one that loves being in church. She's been in church all her life and she loves it. She loves being in church. It's home for her. You know, she just got posted to, um, to Sydney about three weeks ago. She's been in Canberra for the last five years. She's in the army. She's been in Canberra for the last five years. She got posted to Sydney about three weeks ago. And even before she went, she's asking us, what, sort of, what church could I go to? She started researching. She's at Holdsworthy Barracks. And so she's actually now going to Brad Bonholm's church. She's going to Horizon's. She got there on the Friday, and then on the Sunday, she's in church. And she's in church, and she's starting to meet people and connect with people. She's going out to lunch with people. She's going out to supper with people. They're Facebook friending each other. They're, I don't know if that's Facebook friending, but it's Facebook friending each other. They're, they're, they're swapping phone numbers and catching up during the week. Australia Day, she went to the beach with a bunch of people, and she's connecting in now. She could easily think to herself, i am only going to be there eight months? Eight months, what's the use? Let me tell you, if she came to Melbourne and she said, "Mum and Dad, I'm only going to be here eight months, so you probably won't see much of me. Sorry? Yeah, well, I'm only going to be here eight months, then I'm going to be somewhere else. No, 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 honey, we're family. We will see you. We will see you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) She went there because she understands church family, and she's locked in, and she will make friends. You watch over the next eight months. She'll make friends that she will keep in contact with. Because it's family, church is family. I am so grateful for the wonderful start that that group of people in Toowoomba gave to Caitlin, making her feel like church is family. She got an understanding, a revelation of that. Now, I know Sarah and I had a lot to do with that. We are her parents, I understand that. Just like the parents that we saw this morning will obviously have the prevailing influence on how these kids are brought up. Obviously, that's the case. But can I just talk to you, church, right now? not just the parents, but to you also, that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes this village to raise a child. We can be these kids' brother and mother and sister simply because we are followers of Jesus like we hope one day they will become. And if we give them that best start in life where they understand that they are loved and that they are important, that they are valuable, then there will come a time where they can come to an understanding and their own revelation of God's love in their life. I love baby dedications. But the great thing about today is it's not just baby dedications. It's also Connect Stronger Sunday. We've got a double whammy. And let me tell you why I like that. The fact that it's both is, is for me, I think a wonderful thing because those two things overlap so perfectly. They dovetail with one another. Because in order for us to be a family to these kids, we need to be a family to one another. You can't be what you aren't already. You can't be a family to someone if you're not a family already. It's not reasonable to expect us to be an example of Christian community and Christian connection if we're not a Christian community with Christian connection. That makes sense. And that's what Connect Stronger Sunday is all about. Today as we come and we dedicate these children, our children, We remind ourselves of our responsibility to be family to them, but also to one another. We want to be that family church. That's who we want to be as a church, that kind of family that Jesus is talking about. That's why we have a cafe before and after the service. Some of you may not realize it. And it's probably because you scoot out the exit doors to get to the car park as fast as you can. We don't have a cafe because we're coffee junkies. Don't get me wrong, some of these people are. And we can pray for you afterwards. We don't have a cafe because Melbourne is the, is the coffee capital of the world. And if a church doesn't have a cafe, it's not a real church. Okay? That's not the reason we have a cafe. The reason we have a cafe is because it's an opportunity for you, instead of rushing out, just to stop for a minute, grab a coffee and chat with someone. Just get to know someone, have a chat, connect with someone, maybe get to know someone a bit better that you know already, or maybe just talk with someone that you haven't met standing over a cup of coffee together. That makes sense. That's what the cafe is for. It's not, I mean, there's lots of coffee shops around here. It's not just for the coffee. It's not just for the convenience of getting a coffee while you're here. It's for connection that we would engage with one another. It's because we want to be a family that we are right now in the middle of our 21 days of community. So that tonight, each of our campuses will be in a park somewhere across the southeast of Melbourne. So that we as a campus will be in in, um, Peel Street. Is it Peel Street? At Pioneers Park in Berwick. That we as a campus would be there together. Can I just encourage you, if it is at all physically possible, if you are not at home sick in bed, it's going to be a beautiful evening. It's 27 degrees today, 29 degrees. It's going to be gorgeous It's going to be a perfect evening just to bring a rug, throw it on the ground. I'm not bringing a rug. I'm going to Bunnings and buying a couple of chairs. If I get on the ground, I'm not going to be able to get back up again. So some of you might want to get chairs instead. That's fine. But to bring some chairs, bring a rug. You know, there's going to be a ball or two there. Bring some food. Let's just hang out and be church. Let's just hang out and be family together. That's the point of it. We want to be this family. That's why next week as part of Vision Sunday. There's going to be a couple of us getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning to 15-hour slow cook some brisket. It's not because we like 2 o'clock in the morning. In fact, I actually think that's a demonic counterfeit. (laughs) That is not a real time, surely. Come on. We're going to get up early so that we can come together on Sunday night next week, 5.30, just out here. You can even sneak through those doors and you'll still be in it. How good is that? just so that we can connect and be together and hang out. Our desire to be the family of God is why we have some 20-plus connect groups in this campus alone and in other campuses, there's more. We have some 20-plus connect groups that meet across the southeast of Melbourne every fortnight at different times, on different nights, gathering together in small groups in people's homes. Yes, we study the Bible. Yes, we pray, but we connect That's why it's called Connect Groups. We take time to engage with one another, to be church family, to begin to build the kind of family that God has called us to build. Today on Connect Stronger Sunday, I want to encourage you, coax you, beseech you, implore you, cajole you, incite you, entreat you, anything that it requires. Why don't you make this year a year where you commit yourself to building church family in your life and around you. Why not make this year a year where you you check out a connect group and just start to get to know a group of people where maybe you'll hang around and, and try and talk to somebody you don't know rather than just racing out and getting home as quick as you can. There are connect groups all over the place and I'm sure it will be at a time to fit your schedule because there are so many different ones around. It's bound to fit your calendar at some point. You know, what I'd like to do is if we've, I know we've got connect group leaders here. Some are away this morning for different reasons and some are like in kids church and that kind of thing. But if you're a connect group leader, can I get you to stand to your feet right now? If you're a connect group leader, that's it. All of you, if you want to stand, stand. I think I see somebody right at the back up there as well. Look at that. That's fabulous up there. Is that Dean? It is. Look at that. That's fabulous. Can we give these people a hand? This is a group of people who are committed to wanting to build family in our church. No, no, stay standing. You're not done yet. <laughs> this is a group of people who are committed to wanting to build family in our church and wanting you to be part of family, wanting you to connect. They run great groups all over the place. at different. We've got young adult groups. We've got older groups. We've got men's groups and women's groups up there. I see Grace and Ruiny. We've got, we've got uh, groups that will... Fit all sorts of. They don't even have a demographic. They're not a young adults. They're not a men's and They're just a group. It's just a group of people. Dean and Talia's groups. Just a group of people. If you spent any time with Dean, you want to go to his group because they're just nice people. You just want to go because they're nice people. So can I encourage you to maybe maybe have a chat? Look at the Coles are up there as well. Maybe have a chat to some of these guys. Now all of these guys will be carrying one of these. Don't leave home without it. What is this? It's a Connect Group card. And on the back you'll find. There's just got a little. Uh, QR code, now we all know about QR codes, yeah? It's been a couple of years now, QR codes are just part of the language. And so you can just literally, they'll give you a card, and you can, you can just QR code it, and it will then give you a list of all the groups in our campus here. In fact, probably across the whole church if you really went looking. And then you just have a look and see what meets on a day that fits for me. And look at, look at this year connecting into a group and being part of a group. If you maybe just seek one of these guys out, they'll give you a card. They'll be wandering around here and in the foyer. Maybe even have a chat to them and say, hey, tell me a little bit about your group. Now, you might not hit it first time. I'll come up and, hey, tell me a bit about your group. And they start telling me it's a young adults group. Well, not as much anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd be there, but then you'd just be the creepy old guy. So that's probably not a good idea. So instead, or maybe I'll, I'll move on and I'll have a chat to Lino about his group. So it's okay, just have a chat to them and just check out the groups that are around, and see which one you think will fit for you, will connect for you. You guys can grab your seats. Well done. You stood there beautifully. Before we close, we've got a short video that we want to show you with just a few of the groups that we've got uh, that are running, and will give you a little bit of an idea about them. If we could go to that video right now, that would be great. Hi Church, my name is Praveen. And I'm Greta. Together we run a family connect group here in South. Hi Church, this is uh, Neville Yassi with you. I'm the coordinator of the Bible study men's connect group. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Helena Abelin. Together we look after an adult connect group in Cranbourne North. Hi, I'm Grace. I run a women's connect group in Rowville. Hi everyone, this is Kevin from the Beverly campus. My wife, Natalia, and I run Connect Group in Boronia. Uh, We study the Bible, uh, we pray for each other, support each other, and uh, we share uh, a great time of fellowship. Connect Group's been such an important part in our Christian walk, in our family life, and it's been such a blessing. So join on today. So when we get together for Connect, we can actually see more of God uh, through each other. And so that's one reason why we really love Connect. We love Connect because it's an awesome place for us to share our experiences and it helps us navigate day-to-day life as Christians. I believe Connect Group is the best way to get you connected with your church family. So why don't you find a Connect Group in your area? I assure you, you will find lifetime friendship and you will never regret it. Thank you, Grace. to close this morning, I just want to read an excerpt from a book. It's a book I read many, many years ago, and it really impacted me and shifted kind of the way that I see church in some ways. It's an old book called Courageous Leadership, and in it, um, the, the author is quoting one of his lecturers, Dr. Gilbert Bilazikian, and uh, he's he's remind, reminded of a time that, that uh, he was sitting in a lecture, and this lecturer, Dr. Gilbert, starts to talk about the context of the first century church. This is what the lecturer said. There once was a community of believers who were so totally devoted to God that their life together was charged by the Spirit's power. In that band of Christ followers, believers loved each other with a radical kind of love. They took off their masks and shared their lives with one another. They laughed and cried and prayed and sang and served together in authentic Christian fellowship. Those who had more shared freely with those who had less until socioeconomic barriers melted away. People related together in ways that bridged gender and racial chasms and celebrated cultural differences. Acts 2 tells us this community of believers, this church offered unbelievers a vision of life that was so beautiful, it took their breath away. It was so bold, so creative, so dynamic that they couldn't resist it. Verse 47 tells us that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a picture of the church. Come on, what if we were that church? What if we were that community? What if we were that family of believers that was so breathtaking? that everybody who looked in just couldn't resist because we were that family. That's what God wants to build. That's the house of God that God wants in this place, in our lives, as our church. Can I encourage you this year? Maybe it's a little bit different, but maybe this year make a commitment, make particular effort to be the mothers and the brothers and the sisters that the people around you need you to be. I know most of you wouldn't even know the people two seats in front of you or behind you. I get that. It's a big church. But just because it's a big church doesn't mean it can't be a family church. Because that's up to us. We get to decide that. We get to make that happen. Can I encourage you to be that kind of family, not just for those who are being dedicated, absolutely for those, but even beyond that, let's make a commitment to be the family the people around us need, amen? Come on, let's bow our heads. I'm gonna close very, very shortly, but while everyone has their head bowed, I do wanna give an opportunity because I realize that at this time, I've been talking about church family. And what I may not have mentioned is that God wants you to be part of the family. But maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you, you might even go to a church, but you don't have a relationship with God. He wants to be in relationship with you and bring you into the family of God to be that mother, brother, sister. And so this morning, if you're here, and maybe you don't know God. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Him. You wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Then very quickly, I'm gonna pray for you before we close. If that's you, just quickly raise your hand and say, that's me, I wanna be part of that family. I'll see your hand and you can put it back down again. Is there anyone here this morning? You don't know Jesus, but you want to. He loves you this morning, wants to draw you into family. The Bible says he puts the lonely in families. So if that's you, very quickly, raise your hand right now. I'll see it, you can put it back down. If not, I'm gonna move on in just a second. We're gonna close in prayer but I just don't wanna miss out, miss you out or, or have you missed this opportunity to become part of that family of God. Very quickly, while everyone has their head bowed, just raise your hand or see it and you can put it back down. If not, I'm just going to pray and close the meeting. Is there anyone before I do that? Then why don't we all stand to our feet? Church, I just wanna encourage you this morning that as you are the family of God, the Bible is very clear. They will know you are my disciples, not by your cool music. They will know you are my disciples, not by your, your, your eloquent preaching. They will know you are my disciples, not by the clothes you wear, not by the look on your face. They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another, the Bible says. Jesus was very clear. That you loving the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, you being church family, as we together do that, it's actually a witness to the world of God's love for them. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, we're so grateful for all that you have given us. We're so grateful that you have drawn us into a family, that, that we, don't, we weren't just plucked and then stuck into a church, never to, never to connect, but you, you brought us into the family of God. You made us brothers and sisters. We're so grateful for that. Father, we're excited about those who've been dedicated this morning, excited to, to be able to be family to them, to be able to show your love through us being your hands and feet. And so today as we go from this place, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would seal your word in our hearts, that you do something fresh in each one of our hearts. And in doing so, you would cause us to step into that place of family in a way that we've not even done before. I thank you for this church family. I thank You for the connection that's there, but God, I know You want to take us to a new space, a place of connection, a place of family, a place of being together and looking out for one another. And so I pray even as we go from here, Holy Spirit, let Your presence rest on each one of us, Let Your love overflow from us and let let it touch the people around us here in this building but outside when we go also, in our workplace, in our school, in our university, in our business. Holy Spirit, pour out your blessing upon your people, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.